Well, good morning, Willie. Schwartzy. Good morning, dude. How are you? Well, good. Yeah. I was we just telling it. you I had a whole week off here, and I don't know hardly how to handle that. It's well, creating anxiety for me. The week off wasn't a problem. It's the back to work that's the problem. Usually. Or is it in the middle of the vacation you're going, uh-oh, I need to be back. I got a deadline. I got to hurry my ass up to the shop. Oh, Which I will- think about that all the time when I'm away. <laughs> I try to manage that. So as you don't, then you're not present, you know, your family. Exactly. And then, then yep. it's not that get that Bo Eason. He talked about that, right? He, you, know, mm-hmm. you gotta be, your, your downtime has to be genuine bona fide downtime. You gotta be able to put her in neutral on the business side of things and put in gear and something else. When that was recovery, right? And that what he was talking about is yep. recovery. You're yep. either yep. preparing, performing or recovering. Well, you you take your weekends off, do family stuff and whatnot. Well, Is it ever I, a temptation for you? What does it do for you, that break, that one or two-day break? I alleviate stress because um, I'm not talking about stress of work. I'm talking about stress of life and that there's things to, that I need to be done in life that I ignore during the week. Um, I'm I'm in the shop. Um, after the time journaling, including breakfast and lunch, I have, uh, a dedicated 12 and a half to 13 hours, uh, a day in the shop. And so, um, I don't do the outside chores. I don't do the family unless I have to type of things. It's my job. And so that's dedicated to it five days a week. And the way I look at it is, is if I can't operate the business efficiently, in those five days, then I need to reevaluate what it is I'm doing in those five days and try to be good at it, better at it. And and I'm not saying that there's not Saturdays that aren't work and there's absolutely Saturdays. I'll tell you another thing that I do on the, on those days off is I may absolutely be back in the shop, but I'm building shop, right? There's things that are going on in the shop that I wish I would fix, wish I could do, wish I could improve on, that it is not doesn't have anything to do with the project that I'm working on at the moment, and so I ignore those things. And uh, sometimes I'm I spend just just as much time in the shop on the weekends as I do during the week, but it's not clocked in. It's mm-hmm. it's doing mm-hmm. some other things. Yeah, making so, the week when you are clocked in work better for you. Yep. So I will. Um, I have to say this very carefully and with an asterisk, and I mean no disrespect, but this is mostly talking to the men. (laughs) Adult movie stars get tired of doing what they do. You got to have a start and a stop, right? And uh, (laughs) that sounds terrible. But but that, to me, that puts it in context with a lot of men. We love doing what we do. But if you do it seven days a week, I don't believe you're as efficient in your time and not as motivated to be out there. And I, we have close friends that tell us, Oh, I just love being in a shop. I want to be out there. Uh, I wonder if I'm not as efficient or more effective in my shop being focused in those five days, knowing I have a start and a stop to it. Uh, I'm hundred percent. I know this ranch property we've got about two and a half, three hour drive from where we live and it's off the grid. Um, no electricity, no running water. I can stand on the porch and the only man-made thing I can see for as far as I can see is a property line fence. And if I look close, I can see in a distance about a half mile away, a couple of power line, power poles that are going down a lane and stuff. And, and about 24 hours in of unplugging no cell service either there's no Mm -hmm. cell service out there so so you're about 24 hours in and your your mind just starts it's just not there's no clutter i've been able to do some problem solving designing stuff just thinking about the shop the work ahead just different things like that in a totally fresh kind of a situation I think we need that kind of stuff. So the hard part is going, right? Is breaking loose from the shop. And oh, saying, yeah. And, and like you just spent 
five days moving the shitter, right? You move, I, everybody needs to know that Kerry moved a shitter to this place and he took pictures <laughs> of it. And he was a real, he was, it was, he was a real good, uh, <laughs> it was a shitty moment, but we got it right. No, <laughs> it, <laughs> it was, a is, is the, is saying, okay, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to spend three or four days out of my shop. It's not just a weekend, but when you go three hours like that, you don't want to, you want to spend a little time. And so, um, it, it's, it's, it's hard to break loose, but once you break loose, man, it's awesome feeling then. Like I, 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 it's, it's so important to do that. And, uh, hunting's that way for me going to the ranch, our ranch and hunting, which is two hours away, hour and a half. It's the same thing. It's like, Oh man, I'm so glad I did this. Yeah. I'm that way about my horses. I don't get near enough horseback time these days, but I always thank myself when I do. So let's get out and yeah. working with them and, and, uh, whether I got a job to do or not. And, and I, of course I'm, like I've said before, the horsemanship part of it is craftsmanship for me, just a different kind of craftsmanship. So mm. all of that keeps my, my mind going and stuff. So you know the no you're right it it's it i'm grinding my teeth when i have to take time off to go do something go for a family trip vacation whatever but uh it's important stuff got to do it not for yourself you got to do it for your family too so now i'll also say this uh we're not advocating play 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 right i mean it's uh is you, you can't afford to do that you won't stay in business um, but so it does mean while you're in the shop, you do have to be, uh, dedicated and, and focused on what it is that you're doing and be productive and get things done so that you can take those times off. And I, so I've listened to business guys and business books and all this stuff. And, and, uh, on one of the podcast guys I was listening to is balance means zero. You can't have balance in your life and that if everything's equal, that means you have nothing. And, and I get that, but I'm going to say a little balance is good for me. So is there, is there balance in that I play as much as I work? No, absolutely not. I work a lot more than I play, but if I, if all I do is work, then there's no recovery time as Bo Eason was saying, and, and, uh, it becomes mundane. I become lack, lackadaisical, no focus, no inspiration. I don't think that's important. I, I mean, I, I think that's important that you, I don't think it's good to be that, be that way. So, um, while you're in the shop in order to afford that time to go relax and recover, you better be grinding, right? Don't be on Facebook and moving around is, is you got to be producing the only way you can, uh, the only way you can have time off is to have, t- is, is to have, is to be able to afford that time off. Uh, you're not making money. That's the one bad part of our deal, right? No hands, hands aren't moving. We're not making dough. That's ugly. Well, I'm pretty well convinced that <clears throat> I know what people have, uh, kind of tagged me as being this creative type. And even at this stage of my career, I'm still that way. And I don't know any other way, but a part mm-hmm. of that is, is the force break. And even, even after the, each day when they we were raising the kids and stuff why you know it's five thirty six, whatever it was i'm done i was i was it was right. the family time That's after me. that so it's even within a day you've got to be me able too. to unplug it uh during that day and not now these days i spend more time in the evening than i probably ever have but we don't have any kids at home and stuff so but uh but i think that's an important component of keeping your creative edge too uh i think it's easier to get into a rut creatively if if all you're doing is just got your nose to the grindstone then one day it's just like the next yeah there's no inspiration yep 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 I, is, is I have a start and I have a stop. How do you, how do you get up at four o'clock in the morning, Willie? Because I know I'm done at six. That's how I get up at four mm-hmm. is at six o'clock in the evening. I'm done. And there's a little star on Fridays 
if the buddies the give a shit string starts fraying a little bit about two or three o'clock in the afternoon if a buddy shows up with a with uh a good old beer well i might just call her quits by then (laughs) (laughs) you can do that in good conscience if you've had a good week if you've had a good week a good day yeah that's exactly right if if if, if i've done what i what i can do if if I started Monday morning at four o'clock and ground ground it out for the rest of the week, if if uh, if there's something pressing and something that absolutely needs to be done, well, sure I can stay hooked on it. And even with my buddies drinking, right? And I've done that a lot. Is uh, especially when I'm engraving, they just pile up in the engraving room drinking beer, and sure I'll crack one and keep on engraving. Um, but but there there are those times that hey, it's been a good week. There's nothing pressing. No sense in just grinding just for the sake of grinding and tell everybody I was grinding. That doesn't make sense to me, right? Is there's, and, and you're not focused and all that. So get on it. Have some fun. But that fun happens. So my fun, my friend Jim Edwards says, you can't manufacture fun, Willie. So when fun shows up, you got to go do it. You, just, <laughs> you have to. And you only got one life. Go. Mm-hmm. But, but get your crap done before you get so that when – when that when that shows up, away you go. Away you well, go. I uh, with fam- in family college, time. The first... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, well, I was just saying, college. Uh, uh, my first semester as a as a freshman that scared the crap out of me. So, uh, I certainly wanted to have a good time, and everybody was going to the bar on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and and uh, then going somewhere on the weekends and that all just sounded like a lot of fun to me but so i wanted to do it but also was scared to death i was gonna flunk out of college so i did all <laughs> i i studied during the day every chance i got before the bar time right and then would be there in bar time well i made a 4.0 that first semester I was like, shoot wow there ain't nothing this college that there, well there ain't nothing this college thing that's what i thought and i never made another 4.0 <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all good it's all good <clears throat> what were you uh, going to say uh, oh the family time what what is what was it i was thinking about uh, all that quantity versus quality sometimes you families get split up and one of the justifications is yeah shared custody or whatever kids and it's all about mm-hmm. qu- quality not quantity but what I've also noticed too, of course, I've not been in a broken relationship that way, but uh, you do have to, you may not be able to totally manufacture uh, that fun time, but you have to have a certain amount of quantity in order to have quality. Uh, so there has to yeah. be enough of it. You can't, you can't suddenly find that gear, bang, there you are. And suddenly it's quality time. No. It does take and that's the same same way with the time off like yep. i said at 24 hours in totally unplugged uh, i had to have that i have to have that 24 hours to completely unplug on that kind of thing so yeah yeah but and that, and that, that finding uh, neutral in the transmission i think is important too and your uh i've i've never had problems falling asleep but you got to find neutral when you're head hits the pillow too. You got to be able to find neutral in that transmission and get it there and not be churning about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Katie has a hard time with that. You know, it's hard for her to turn the brain off. Not me. That damn thing. When six o'clock hits, my brain goes to winding down and by eight thirty, nine o'clock, you better have told me everything important that you wanted because the brain is a noodle. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, off That's today. me too. That's me too. I <clears throat> within moments I'm I'm asleep, boy. I just mm-hmm. that's I've I've burned it burned the candle both ends all day and there's nothing left here. So what what was it the question you were just talking about, Eli, earlier? What was it? You said something about a yeah. I don't know if you ever well, he was just so Eli's starting to get some prices for his stuff and business is starting to starting to happen. And so his question is, y'all haven't talked anything about how to t- 
taxes. Like, you know, he's like, I'm going to have to start paying taxes and charging sales tax here in Texas. We have to do sales tax and, and uh, getting an LLC. And he's like, what do we do? How do you do all that? He said, I don't have a clue how to, how to get the business up and running. And, um, I, my response was, we better have a guest on here to talk about that. But, but it is important. And, and I don't know the exact details. Do you, um, I think I got some ideas, I think, but an what do you, LLC, do? What you mean, or, well, I know. The... Yeah, I know how I did it. Uh, but what, do you have an LLC? Start with that. I do. <laughs> Truth be told though, I didn't, I, I've only had it not even a year. We got a, did some estate oh, planning wow. and stuff and did got some things set up that way. Went ahead and got an LLC. I'd heard about it. I knew it was easy to do, inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, one of the big benefits with that is, is you, if you got in a jam with some sort of a liability, something went crossways with a customer or something and, and they can't come after they can come after the business, but they can't come after you. Isn't that one of the big benefits? Right. So your assets, your personal assets are protected on something like that. That's one of the big benefits with that. Now, mm-hmm. I've always felt like to date, yeah, you know, our culture isn't, it, it's for over the last 40 years, it certainly changed. I guess what I'm trying to say is that, that uh, it's more litigious. You know, there's, it's more likely that mm-hmm. you might get sued over something now than it was 40 years ago. So I would say, mm-hmm. I would definitely advise anybody better get an LLC. And there's, there's other, other reasons I, I'm sure, but like you said, it'd be good to have a, uh, an attorney or somebody on here that might be able to answer some of those questions better than we can. Uh, I, I went through an attorney, did you? Did you go through yeah. an attorney to get yeah. yours? Yeah, we, that's, yeah. she did the whole thing. She just. Yeah. Said, I think it cost go. me, fit, I think it cost me 1500 to do it somewhere in there. And, uh, and there, I, I, I think there's easier ways or cheaper ways. I saw a deal the other day. A guy was talking about business plan of, of, Airbnb houses and and uh, he said you get an EIN number from from the government that's your tax deal and then you and you apply for that and then and then I think you could sign up for an LLC somehow some way it's kind of like one of them legal form deals or something you know I mean it was it 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 seemed like it was very very uh, cost friendly and uh, I I don't know I don't know exactly but. I don't see that it's a bad thing going through a lawyer at all that knows what the hell's going on. Cause I'm sure each and every one of us is a little bit different. And, and so being able to form the LLC to your, to your personal, uh, uh, needs or goals or whatever is probably a good thing. No, I agree. And, and the LLC isn't the only choice out there either. Uh, no. you got an S corp. And some other things that I really don't know hardly anything about. I I just know that there's some different choices, but it does need to be tailored toward your situation, like you said there. Um, S-Corp may be what yeah. you need to have. Yeah, I so, think that's like with properties and things like that, right? Like with estates and um, family, family properties and different things like that. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Those all would be good questions to address with a with an attorney. I could. Uh, this gal that I know, she's uh, she'd be. You know what? She's got all thirty years experience with that kind of stuff. I think uh, it's one of the wisest things you can do is hire a professional to get a professional job. Right? Don't try to do it yourself. And that's the worst part of our culture. Is oh, I can do it. Well, you can, but that doesn't mean you'll be doing it the best that could be done. And yeah, it's going to cost you a little money, but keep your butt in the shop while they're working and you'll minimize your losses mm-hmm. is the way I look at mm-hmm. it. But hire an accountant, man. Accountants with the taxes and the EIN and uh, sales tax here in Texas and, uh, you know, all that stuff is they, that's, that's what they do every day. It's not hard for them. Get you in a damn accountant. And they can, so bookkeeping is something that's, 
you know, challenging as well. I don't want to be a bookkeeper and our accountant does our bookkeeping, but Amy Raymond last week was telling me that, that, uh, she has Google book, uh, QuickBooks on her, you know, QuickBooks on her phone. And, uh, she just has her accountant helped her set it all up and it's all there. And she keeps track of it all and then sends it to them and, and away we go. And she, and, and that's one thing that I don't do in my business is bird dog. The numbers good enough. I don't bird dog the, um, the bank account like I should, and I'm getting a lot better at it, but, uh, Katie did it all. And I didn't pay attention. Well, if you know where you're spending your money and where it's all going, then it's going to make it a lot easier how to save and plan for the future, you know? So, well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I, if you think you suck at doing that stuff, you're talking to a guy that's a lot worse than you are. <laughs> well, so I, it's so a like miracle to share the, the, of God that to, to I survived what, in business. It's a miracle. I'm I'm so well, bad about that. It it's lucky that we don't have it's not complicated, right? Our businesses are very very simple in a lot of ways. We we still have the challenges, but there's not a huge we don't have payroll, we don't have um, there's not a ton of expenditures coming in and out of the shop. The majority of our expense is our time, which has no value unless we create it. Right. And, uh, which that's a side note I want to get on here in a minute. I'll, I'll tell you about, but, but, uh, keep, so we don't have to keep track of that stuff a lot because it, it doesn't affect us that much, but, um, oh shoot. I had a, not the side note. I was, I was going to wait to get on the side note. Oh, well, just, just, just get a dead gum accountant and, and, uh, let them take care of that stuff for you and help you. And then way you go. Way you go. So, so my little, well, you may have something to add to that before I get us sidetracked here. No, I'm, I'm, that's a, when I, people talk about accountants and finances and stuff like that, you're talking to a different species. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I'm so yeah. bass backwards about that stuff. Well, and the only thing, what you said a moment ago, it, it is really simple. I mean, I'll, I'm, I overcomplicated in my head way too much, but the reality is the way I've been able to do it is because it is so simple. I'm the only one yeah. with fingers in the pie too. I mean, I, right. I know, I, I, I kind of have an idea, just, I may be flying by the seat of my pants, but I do have some idea what's going on with it. So, but, but it would be, it does grease the machinery. If you got some outside help, there's no doubt about that. Keeping track of stuff. So I, I remember I waited long enough that the long-term memory kicked in, right? Um, I remember what I was going to say here, but in the, yeah, I got it. So, so our deal is simple, but here's where it gets complicated is we've just spent the last three months with zero cash flow working on TCA pieces. Right. And so we're, we're getting down towards the end of this month. If you don't, if you're not aware of what's going on within the business and how things are going, you're like, we're bleeding to death right now. And the, at the end of the year, the numbers may look great, but we're bleeding to death mm -hmm. with no cash flow building these pieces for sale. And, uh, and that's the challenge that we do have is like, yeah, it's a simple business plan, but it's just like ranching. You work all year to get one paycheck at the end of the year when you sell your calves and you're like, dad gum, how are we going to create a little cash flow here and, and keep track of what's going on? And, and, uh, and so that's, that's something that's challenged me over the years is, is, uh, the squeaking by I'm good with that. I, I can handle that. But then all of a sudden you get to November and you get this big old paycheck and you're like, Oh crap. Now, yeah, you can pay your debt off. And if you have any left over, that's cool. And then your accountant starts saying, Hey, you need to spend some money on what, right? Like I is, is, uh, if I have any left over now, they're going to tell me I'm going to spend it all on taxes. And, and that doesn't have to be that way. And accountants can help you plan for what's going to happen at the end of the year, whether you're making money or, or with tax write-offs and all that. Like sometimes you need to buy equipment for the shop for tax write-off. And, and, and so if all we're doing is been over the leather bench or the engraving bench, clicking away, you're not, you're not thinking about all that. And it can pile up on you at the end of the year and, and uh, be problematic as well. So, 
accountants help? Well, it's it frees up RAM, frees up headspace if if you got that yes. stuff taken care of, uh, so that you're not yeah. that's not niggling away at you and taking up headspace in the back, and you're maybe a little bit of anxiety about that. If somebody's got some oversight, can tell you, hey, hey, dummy, you got you need some more money in this account mm-hmm. in order to pay some bills we got coming up and stuff like that. That'd be helpful. But I did take a QuickBooks yeah. class some time ago and I think I even bought the software and never did. I never got it to first base. Um, oh, just, wow. No, well, <laughs> getting it set up. So getting it set up's hard. Right. And, and, and most accountants say the QuickBooks online is not any good. They don't like it. They get mad at it. And I don't know what the difference is, but, but, uh, I, I, Getting it set up is important. That the accountant that's doing your taxes should help you with that. Uh, I do believe that that's important. But Amy, she was she was all online, and she said, "No, it's all here, and it's all linked to the bank accounts and yeah. credit card, and it's all you know." And I and when I spend something, it pops up on my phone, and I'm able to label it, put it where it goes in the bookkeeping. I know what's going on. That helps my accountant and. and uh, at the end of the year and all that and bookkeeper. And I'm like, yeah, I can absolutely see. Cause half the time at the end of the year, well, what was this expenditure to this company? I'm like, I got no idea. That was March. I couldn't <laughs> have remembered it. If that was the beginning of March, I couldn't have remembered what it was in the middle of March, much less March the next the year. year. Yeah. yeah. Got a clue. Well, and all I right. know <clears throat> mixing, uh, kind of, we got family, credit card that's you know of course it's a plastic world isn't it i mean i hardly ever write a check for anything Mm -hmm. anymore but everywhere you go it's all plastic and so we got a family credit card for just family expenses and then we try to keep pretty diligent about keeping the the card i pack as a business card Mm and you start mixing that stuff up and then you get if you're not paying attention at the end of the year and you're going back through receipts and you have no idea what i went to went to murdoch's here and bought what what was this (laughs) you're not gonna yeah you're just so that that catches me off guard sometimes if i got i've got most almost all that stuff but not all of it uh our business expense and of course that's one of the great benefits of being self-employed is you can take a lot of stuff legitimately yeah I mean, yep. that's why you on paper we're we're dirt poor. We're just you you know you don't mm-hmm. you legitimate. I've got eight hundred square feet in my house. This is my shop, huge right. tax benefit right. for that. So yeah, I keep reminding my wife that that it's uh, she's not too thrilled about <laughs> having a shop in the house. Your wife wouldn't be, wouldn't be either. Your shop was no. all the equipment and everything banging around and and mm-hmm. uh doing the four I, I got eli a, clicking away yeah 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 no but from a no. tax standpoint there's not been all under man. one roof this house is a bit is a business i mean it's all you know you take a, yeah. a percentage of your square footage for tax deduction and stuff but boy everything uh, and i'm in technically in the ranch and business too you know in a ranch and or even mm-hmm. the dog food. Yeah. Everything that goes into the horses. Yeah. I mean, it's well, amazing how you can chip that, that to where your bottom line is nothing. Yeah. And you should. And, and a good accountant will help you with that. Although, Absolutely I'll, I'll say this. I know I've, for many, many years I had an accountant who was, yeah, one of the, definitely one of the best in town. And, mm. uh, and he was, we, we were real happy with the work he did for us and stuff. And, and, um, but he wasn't all that aggressive. Uh, there is, when you're in business, there mm. is some gray area on, on what, what can be taken as a tax deduction and what, what, and when, when he sold out, he sold to a guy from out of town he came in here and holy mackerel, what a change. Because the other, the previous one says, "Well, you need to show some income so that you can, so you have something in your Social Security." Oh, right. At the end of the deal, if you don't have any income, then 
and you're not throwing any money into social security, you ain't going to have not very much at the end of that. So, so that was it. And that makes sense. Uh, so, uh, yeah. this other guy completely different from that. We put a cabin in on this ranch property and I always said, ah, that, that thing ain't tax deductible. And I'm sitting with one of the first interviews with my account, my new accountant now, and he got to asking about all these different questions and, and, uh, oh, I got this cabin out there. Now, boy, he dialed right into that. Next thing you know, we're depreciating this cabin out on the ranch. And, there you go. and, uh, I never even thought about it. So I'm even yeah. poorer on paper than I was with stuff like that <laughs> on there. But then well, at the well, end of the deal, I'm not going to have much for social security. So these are all things that people need to be thinking about when you're in self-employed. You know, I, there's, I don't know what the answer is. I'm just saying there's a, there, there is a lot of gray area when, when it comes to tax deductibility on stuff, uh, when you got a home based business. So talking about future, you got a, you got a, uh, uh, what the heck is it? They got any kind of retirement. You, you got any kind of savings, not just savings investment of your own. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any of that? Oh yeah, but a, a late start, pretty late start on it. You know, we've been able to contribute the maximum wow. to an IRA here in the last few years, but uh, you wait until you're fifty something to do that. That ain't that ain't good. Well, so, I, if I'm if I'm gonna do it before fifty, I got six months left. You better get her going, buddy. <laughs> I know. I have nothing. Thank good gosh. They were talking about you know, the it doesn't take twenty and much. thirty. They, You've heard all the stories, just throw a hundred bucks a month or whatever, 150 bucks a month, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Anything that can go in, the, in there and accumulate and, uh, raising three kids, mostly on my income was, well, you just didn't have any extra money. Kids needed braces and on and on and on and on. Yeah. So, so do you go to the bank to do that? Do you go to your, or do you go to financial planning deal or where do you go? No, it's an investment company. They got IRAs and hmm. um, they got all kinds of all kinds of products like that, and and a representative. You do you need to probably have somebody you can sit down and because you got depending on your situation, you 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 have to kind of plan your portfolio around your tolerance for risk. Uh, what do you want? You know, is it a moderately growth, moderate growth fund? you know, mutual funds, all that kind of stuff. And some people are super risk. conservative. They don't want to place things at risk. And so that puts you in a lower risk category. And, but there's a lot less potential for growth on those kind of things. So most people have a, a wide range of stuff in their portfolio. And it depends too. If you're younger, you know, theoretically you you can stand a little more risk maybe. Uh, you want you're looking for opposite. a little more growth. No, I do the opposite. If Will you're you? 20, well, just plug away. You don't need no risk. You've got plenty of time. To, if you're 50 like me, we ain't got time for no, for no risk. we got to risk it all. <laughs> Let's get still growing. <laughs> well, the theory is, though, that, that uh, as you age, as you get older, you want to move those funds into more conservative positions because you're, yeah. you're, you don't want to – and they're – the the war chest is supposedly bigger. You place you're placing more and more at risk. There's more in those accounts as you get older. Mm. So so there's that too. And then when you're getting ready to actually use those funds, they need to be in a really secure position because you're ready to spend. Yeah. You're you're ready to withdraw yeah. and stuff. So Yeah, yeah. I guess I'll have to start that. I my mom and dad, my mom's got a She's retired from teaching, so she's got a little bit. But my dad's deal is if I need money, I'll make it. And he's done fine. I mean, he's done – I can't believe I mean, he's absolutely not rich. Drives a 1992 pickup, but loves it. Could probably afford a new one if he wanted to. But don't spend it, and you ain't got to make it. He enjoys his day. Well, but I said it many, many, many times. Um, I don't have much for a war chest. But I'm doing mm -hmm. what I would do if I were retired. Well, so I, I, yeah. as long as I'm able to. 
I'm just going to keep going. I, I, when I'm, when I'm looking at 65, 70, I detect a pattern as we've gone through the years at 65, 70 years old, that, that men, uh, that's towards the end of their prime as designers, right. And craftsmen is, 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 uh, mm-hmm. hand strength. And a lot of things tends to start weakening, not that the career's over. There's still plenty of thing to do for sure. And we, we know guys that can still absolutely create at the end of their seventies and maybe into their eighties, you know, like John Israel, he's in the eighties, still builds a bit every day. Right. So, I mean, it can absolutely happen, but, but, uh, I, I plan on, on doing this when I'm 103, but at 65, I hope I'm at a point where I don't have to get up at four o'clock in the morning and dribble my coffee out to the shop. I just soon <laughs> finish my cup, you know, in the house. Um, but I mean, no, you know, I, I agree. And along those same lines, I don't know how we ever got on all this subject we're talking about right now, but, <laughs> but, uh, I think you do need to have some kind of, well, I'm, I'll be 64 in November. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I got kind of an exit strategy I've had in mind here for, I don't know if that's the right word, exit strategy. I, I'm years and years behind on my saddle orders and stuff and, and, uh, thinking I should cut that off and not take any new names on there. But at the, the saddles are a high demand you probably have some stuff that you do too that, wow, this is, this is kind of a high demand, both physically and mentally and stuff. Saddles are that, you know, and that sewing a candle binding somewhere along the way, I'm not going to be able to sew a candle binding like I do now. Mm. I know that mm. day's coming. When is it coming? I have no idea. I don't, I just know it will come. Well, All right. It's not like I'm depressed about that. I just need to pivot and lay some groundwork into something, something that's less lower demand. And I've got a ton of projects that'll keep me in the shop and going and even some create express, you know, creative expression on some different things and stuff. Well, at some point it may not be saddles, but Dale Harwood was, was maybe not on top of his game, but he was building saddles into his eighties well into his eighties and doing a pretty damn right. good job. I, I, yeah, I saw, exactly. I've seen some of the, some of those last saddles he built. And I told him, I said, Dale, doesn't look to me like you've lost a step. Right. And that was all right. in the face I, of those tremors that he had and stuff. He had some, he had, he had all kinds of shoulder problems and different things going on. And he was still able to do that just at a much slower pace. Well, and so that, that, that's, that's the kick. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You can absolutely still do it and still have fun. And I'm not going to quit just because I hit 65 or 70, right? Because if, if I can still go out there and bang out a damn mouthpiece in the forge, I absolutely am going to do it. That's what makes me happy. What will keep me young. And, and if you do it a little bit longer than what you think you can, you'll stay young. You'll keep doing it. Right. Um, but it's a little slower pace and it doesn't have to be quite as, as intense as the game plan, uh, you know? Yep. And, and I'm, and I, all of our friends from you to whoever that are hitting that 65 is absolutely encouraging to, to keep it up, keep, keep plugging away. You know, I don't want to quit. I ain't going to quit. I'm going to do my 103. Well, I remember but, Bo recently talked about how Usain Bolt and, all those athletes like that world-class athletes he said even when they were on top of their game the winners were the ones who were able to decelerate at a slower pace exactly and and, and in real life that's that's i mean you said oh i I ain't decelerating but we will Mm -hmm. And, and what i'm saying is that think about that just think about that that is going to be a reality yep. and and for the most part it's going to happen yep. a little quicker than you realize uh because or uh, want it to yeah and, and and that's okay because you're going to you're going to replace uh those skills that you may be they may be eroding but you're going to replace those skills with other things you're going to become better at yep and i'm i can promise yeah. you that 
I like the eyesight. I, I, the eyesight. I don't know if that I actually. I've always approached life as a marathon, and not a sprint. Yeah, um, me too. And yeah. so that's why the downtime, all the stuff we've been talking about, I think is really important uh, is to be able to do this in a fresh, with a fresh new way, a new mindset over the long haul is you're going to have to find a way to, to do that at a younger age. I don't think either one of you of us have uh, ever felt like we burned out. I've never felt like I'd burned out. No. And that's because I've, I've approached it as a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. So. Me too. Is that, 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 that's always been my, my, my tactic is I'll outlast them. Right. As I, I yep. can out, mm-hmm. I can outlast them. Exactly. Whatever the adversaries to life, whatever that dude is, little red guy on your shoulder. Right. I, I'm going to be here longer than you can hold out. This will get boring for you and you'll go someplace else. So all of that so I gotta, goes I gotta, into this decelerating at a slower rate than yeah. other people. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what that's yeah. about. So yeah. that's, that's why, I mean, I, the truth is, and I, I guess we sort of danced around this subject, but I approach what I do as an athlete. I, in order to, yeah. to slow down at, at a slower rate, you're going to have to approach it as an athlete in a holistic way so that your, your mind, your body, your spiritual life, all of that stuff needs to be functioning at a good level in order to slow down at a slower rate. Well, you are tomorrow what you do today too, right? So if you're going to sit on your butt today, you're just a day further back tomorrow where if you get up and click away and, and it, that doesn't mean it has to be the jackrabbit deal. Just my dad had a had a, a guy that he worked with that drove a maintainer. He said, if you'll just keep your blade in the dirt, you'll get a long ways during the day. Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. you're driving back and forth without your blade in the dirt, you ain't gonna get nothing done. Yep. Keep your bl- keep your blade in the dirt, right? And so uh, that that's kind of what I'm talking about is you don't have to go fast during the day, just go all day, steady eddy producing keeping that mm-hmm. so so bringing eli into the situation and have him here in the shop with me he's he, he allows me to keep my blade in the dirt he allows me to be productive of what's going on and that's that's critical because there's a lot of this other crap patreon podcasts different things <laughs> <laughs> that can take us away from being productive now i do believe both of those are being very productive to the marketing and branding that we not we talk about so very much but but uh uh yeah producing product is extremely important and figuring out how to do that and take care of the marketing and branding that's important which leads me to another topic not a topic but on the marketing and branding side so when i first got started a guy asked me or told me it was an older gentleman and he said uh he said you're gonna have to figure out he said you'll never be able to make it as a bit and spur maker he just that was up front in the beginning with he said i have no idea how this is ever going to work for you You need to come up with a back backup plan and i was all the time talking about hourly rate and all this stuff and he said your time is free he said your time is worth nothing you cannot charge for your time nobody cares i said well i got two dollars worth of steel and 25 dollars worth of silver he said well it's not worth 50 bucks and i'd be selling it for thousand to whatever you know he just couldn't understand that. In one sense, he's right. Because nobody asks me and you how much time we spend on it. Now, they don't ask about how that material cost either. But how do we make that time valuable? That's the question, right? It's the perceived value of the product that we talk about so much. And so if our time is worth nothing, which I did not agree with at the time, but now I'm starting to see, okay, if I build a $20,000 bit for half as much time today and I did yesterday, the bit's still worth $20,000, right? The last one was, so the perceived value is set. What's your immediate knee-jerk reaction to that little dissertation I give there? Well, first first thing that comes to mind is it's not 
how many somebody said i don't know where i read this or heard it it's not how many hours you spend on something it's how much value you bring to those hours is that another way of saying what you just said it's the value that perceived value that you bring to that hour that or hours you spend on a project Mm -hmm. it's and that's that's all to me that goes back to your you got a <laughs> you got that workmanlike attitude over years and years and years. You got the blade in the ground. You're not running yep. too long in one place. If you're running in right. one place, you ain't going nowhere, buddy. You got you may not be running fast, but you're moving. Right. Right. And bringing value to that hour instead of worrying about how many hours it's going to take to do that. Well, and, and this podcast, Patreon, Workshop Wednesday, Hold On to the West, all these different things that we do, social medias, the stories, um, that that is bringing value to the deal because people because knowledge, right? People know about us, and and uh, and if you if you're not doing those type of things, if you're building the exact same thing over and over and over again, not improving on it, and nobody knows about you. Your time isn't going to be worth that much. You're not going to be be bringing much value to to your to your product, and so that's 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 bad. That then it does pull down the materials and things like that. So my brother-in-law is retired now. He's an electrician in a sugar beet factory here in Idaho, and a great guy. Just love him to pieces. And uh, but he he was a wage earner and. I'm sure he, some days he liked his job, but there was a lot of politics and all of that kind of stuff that give and take that you get into in those kind of situations and working shifts, you know, shift work. So you're rotating shifts and that's had to be a drag and stuff. And we were talking one mm. time and he says, well, when I get retired, my time is going to be worth pretty much exactly zero from a, from a monetary standpoint. And he said, your time is going to be worth more than it ever has. And that's, that's a true story because of all the stuff we've been talking about. My time is really, really valuable these days compared to what it was even 10 years ago. That's all that didn't happen by accident. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. the, The day we retire, the day after we retire, that time will be absolutely valuable. Maybe we should retire. Yeah. <laughs> but supply and demand, right? So we have a large demand that we've been whining about, how fortunate we are to have all the work we have to do. We're bitching about it. But you talk about demand going through the roof the minute that supply chain is done and you're only going to build one more. Ooh, baby. That last, which I'm not, that's not even what I'm trying to accomplish here or do. I'm not what I'm trying to say, but, but it is, that is, well, when you die, those saddles are going to be very, very expensive yep. for your following. Well, yeah. I always bring up Dale, so our kids Dale Harwood's name because he's, he's just, I respect what he's done. And I think he's a, a terrific template for everybody to study and, and follow and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, you were there last saddle he built for the show 2008. 96,500. Mm-hmm. And I think there were two bids in there, two people yeah. willing to pay that. Yeah. And, um, he told me, well, I might've been within the last year or so. I think we were talking about my base price at the moment. And, uh, when he, the last years he quit, his base price was $10,000. Yeah. And he, he told me, he says, <clears throat> people are paying me more than what I'm worth. Of course, knowing <laughs> Dale the way we do, you know, his dry humor, but, mm. but there was, he was kind of joking, but kind of not joking. Yep. It'd be kind of nice to get paid more yeah, than now what we're worth. Yeah, now we have a precursor. <laughs> yeah, well, we, what are we worth? Not much, but we're getting paid an awful lot. I feel that way now. Um, Well... And, and, and so Dale still building any whatsoever, any saddles? No, 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 no. He, he sold, uh, 
all his tools and stuff to cook the deal oh, with did. David Rigby down there, a good friend of not far away and stuff. And David's a good hand too. Hmm. Shout out to David Rigby there out of Idaho Falls. So yeah, David wound up with tools. So Dale couldn't even do it, even if he wanted to. I don't think he has any tools left. Wow. Good for Dale, right? I mean, I have a ton of respect for that man. Good gosh. Ton of respect for him, what he accomplished. And Karen too, right? It was a team effort between the two of them. Dale would be the first to, to admit that without her the she was the wind between beneath his wings there and and uh so yeah absolutely well, well should we well, put a bow on it mr mr capron tie a bow and clock get in. Tight. yeah i'm gonna clock in i'm in laying chipping away on some pretty cool pair of spurs that deserve to be in our show or they're of that quality but they're gonna go on somebody's boot and that's pretty cool to do so so is it a surprise for somebody or they are it is it's uh it's a a good uh, yep it is it's a surprise and and the surprise just gets bigger and bigger and i i I am hesitant to divulge anymore because i just don't want to let anybody know what's i don't want them to know what's going on but once this deal all wraps up and it'll be uh, later on in the year that i get them all done uh, after our show and stuff and so cool we'll have we'll, we'll be able, i'll be able to share the stories what's going on but, and yeah, there's well, probably no way they're, they'll listen but who knows we'll look forward to seeing those that project unfold yeah i got uh jockeys cased up i got to get going on this uh tca saddle i got maybe a week's worth left on it and that'll leave me a little bit of time to pull a rabbit out of the hat build a couple more pieces before deadline so i got one more to do and uh i got i think i'm gonna do a corkscrew which i've done corkscrews before but i think i'm gonna do it where it's the lever kind to where you got the regular corkscrew that screws down in there but then there's this little set of pliers this reverse action Uh so that when you squeeze it it opens it'll pull it up right yeah and so be got one of those be a little different deal yeah the little engineering project yeah a little Mm -hmm. and and uh, and come off the hammer with it right little forging deal and Mm -hmm. so we'll see how it all i think i'll start it next week temperatures have been kind of cool this week the forge has been in the high 90s so i think we'll get back in the in the hundreds next week so i'll get the forge kicked back on so that the environment is proper the climate <laughs> well yes sounds like a lot of fun so yep Be- no nobody wants mm-hmm. to clap for us so we'll have to make our own clapping right. there it is. <laughs> take care everybody Adios. see you willie